Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined by Dalton Middleton, our Mississippi State beat writer. We are trying to uh, be productive while I stand. Dalton, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm all right. I'm just uh, I was going to say I'm stuck in my house, but it's not really any different than it has been the last, uh, I guess, almost calendar year now. I've just been working from home and just, you know, sitting on the couch and trying to do work while, so while I'm stuck inside. Well, that, you, you know, the COVID didn't really change a lot because I also do most of my work at home. If I'm, what changed is for me anyway, and for you too, was that we were on campus a lot less. Right. Uh, you know, particularly me driving over just, uh, I've done that so much less in the last year, but the working at home or, or working away from the office thing was uh, still, you know, it, it was something we've already done. So, uh, you know, that, that aspect of it hasn't changed. Uh, the ice has changed things a little bit, though. I'm thankful that uh, that we haven't lost power. I was able to get some things done yesterday and was actually a <clears throat> fairly busy day. Um what about you? Did, did you leave the apartment? Did you uh, did you venture out into Starkville at all? No, um, I went out once on Sunday, and that was I went out and I got I got lunch on Sunday because I uh, I didn't I don't have groceries because I was gonna go to Arlington this uh, on Wednesday Thursday, and so I didn't get groceries to prep for this. So I went and got something. I only had enough food for like four or five meals uh, left in the house because I've just not been at the house lately. And so I went out um, Sunday and I, I got some food and then uh, and then I, I just haven't left since about Sunday lunch. I just been sitting at the house, just just you know, yeah, making my own food, just just sitting here. Um, no, the roads are the roads are. I think we got like a three quarters of, of of an inch of of ice here, so it's just like I'm not going to risk uh, driving on those roads like that. Well, do you uh, do you cook, Dalton? Do you have recipes or, or do you just heat stuff up? Uh, where, where, where do you land on that? <laughs> I've got I've got a few recipes, nothing crazy, nothing. Uh, Jillian has all the recipes, and she's living in Tuscaloosa still. So, no, well, yeah, I haven't got all I haven't got access to all those yet. Well, maybe uh, we can trade recipes sometime. Uh, that that was fun. Uh, ben and I were doing that for a while. Um, uh, John Lucas suggested that maybe you uh, rank your your top uh, fast food uh, establishments there, and uh, maybe we. Uh, trade some uh, some recipes for uh, fast food establishments but uh, we'll get with John Luke the wizard on that man uh, he'll uh, he'll guide us he'll guide us on that hey folks we want to give a shout out to the Oxford Park Commission and thank them as a new sponsor uh, coming along with us uh, I imagine uh, Dalton that uh, it's hard for a lot of businesses to get work done right now but uh, I would think it's pretty slow for uh, a parks and recreation department man not a lot of people getting outside but uh, they do a lot of great things there uh, serving the needs of the uh, Lafayette Oxford and University community so we thank uh, OPC for coming along for the ride with justify your existence folks you can find Dalton and me at djournal.com click that drop down menu on the left scroll down to the Ole Miss and Mississippi State pages and watch the stories flow. We're in Facebook also. Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Mississippi State discussion with Dalton Middleton. Hey, you can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts. Rate us there. Uh, five stars if you feel like we're there. Uh, we appreciate your support. Dalton, uh, again, uh, the ice has really kind of slowed things down. It's, it's really kind of 
uh, played havoc on the schedule. So Ole Miss had the had the game with LSU added for Thursday, and and uh, then it was uh, moved to had it added for Wednesday, uh, and it's been moved to Thursday. I, it, good, it's good trade, good trade because it went from an 8 p.m. tip to a 4 p.m. tip. So Ole Miss and LSU currently at the moment scheduled for Thursday at four at the Pavilion. Uh, the Ole Miss and Mississippi State women were supposed to play on Sunday at uh, three, and that game has been postponed indefinitely. So I haven't heard uh, any makeup plans for that. Uh, that was interesting, Logan, uh, excuse me, interested, interesting Dalton in the sense that big smile there, big smile there, worked, worked with uh, uh, Logan Lowry for a number of years as the Mississippi State rider. But uh, that game was interesting because State's won the last 13 in the series. Uh, Ole Miss had a real shot there in Starkville, and uh, they're playing better right now. That uh, they, they feel like they might have uh, gotten a win there in the series. Yeah, and uh, th if there was one that I think Ole Miss was going to win, it was probably going to be this one. Um, like you said, it's, State has won 13 straight against Ole Miss, but State has also lost four in a row um this season and they just they just keep getting hit by postponements and cancellations i think um you know i don't think mississippi state if they've had one case of covid you know it hasn't been public or they haven't had to deal with it during a game um they have had eight or nine or seven eight or nine um postponements or cancellations this year due to covid other teams getting covid you know teams you know getting snowed in sort of they were supposed to play Sunday and Tuesday this week. And uh, Sunday, of course, the Ole Miss game gets postponed. And then Tuesday, uh, the Tennessee game gets postponed for a second time, the first time because Tennessee had uh, some COVID issues and then because of the roads being so icy. But, um, yeah, you know, th this this Mississippi State team is is young. You know, there's a lot of sophomores on, a lot of freshmen on it that are playing, getting some playing time. And, um, you know, you kind of see them struggling. Uh, and it's just – you know, they're not able to work through the issues that they're having because every game is getting postponed or canceled. You know, they've only played, I think, one game since January 17th. So one game in the last calendar month. And, um, you know, you're just not able to see the, the work that they're putting in practice translate to the, the court because every single time they go out there, plus um, they're not able to go back out there because every game can postpone. And plus, the, their schedules, you know, they lost four in a row, like I mentioned earlier. Three of those are against teams in the top 25, two in the top five. You know, Texas A&M, South Carolina, they both lost to them by 20-plus. Uh, they lost to Arkansas, I believe, and then um, Alabama, which Alabama, they should not have lost to Alabama, but uh, just, got, just got beat. You know, it happens. Um, but, yeah, if, if there was ever going to be a, a game that I felt like Ole Miss was going to beat State in women's basketball, it was going to be that one because – it kind of seems like they're trending, you know, um, one's trending up and one's trending down at the moment. Well, I, I tell you what, um, Ole Miss certainly is playing better. And there, there were signals of improvement uh, before they won back-to-back -back games. And, of course, they've won back-to-back -back for the first time in, in, uh, since 2019. I really thought it would have been longer than that. But uh, the teams they beat in 2019 really weren't that very good uh, at the time. Uh, I want to say it was Florida and, and Alabama. Uh, when they won back to back in 2019, but um, even before they they won these games uh, against Kentucky and then at Alabama, 
uh, they, they were really close. So I had the lead with less than two minutes left against uh, number 20 Tennessee on the road. And they, they go to Baton Rouge and, you know, and they're up three with 12 seconds left. Okay, it's 12 seconds left in regulation. You get a stop. Just get a stop and you win. And, and it's really, it's not even get a stop. It's just don't give up the three. But with 12 seconds left, they give up four. They, they give mm-hmm. up a four-point play. Now, they do manage to, to uh, come back and send it to overtime, but they were spent. I mean, they were having trouble closing games. So it looks like in the last two games that they've been able to overcome that mental hurdle. But uh, anyway, uh, you'll let McPhee, McEwen, the Ole Miss coach, has downplayed this rivalry. You know, we, we hear the just the next game talk and, and, and whatnot. And that's fine. You hear that from coaches a lot. But uh, uh, this is a big deal. Uh, and it would be big if, uh, if Ole Miss could knock off State and, and end that 13-game losing streak in the series in women's basketball. Hey, uh, I believe we're going to be joined by Kendall Rogers in just a moment from D1Baseball.com. Uh, we've been trying to uh, connect with Kendall, and uh, we'll talk about the uh, college baseball showdown at uh, Globe Life Field in Arlington if we can get Kendall on in just a second. And uh, honestly, we'll talk about it even if we don't. So uh, <laughs> you have some uh, uh, technology issues right now. We're thankful to have power, and it looks like uh, Kendall does, and uh, and maybe he'll be able to join us here shortly. Let's go back, Dalton, to men's basketball. Uh, State has lost, what, six of eight right now? Yeah, yeah, six of eight, six yeah, out of the last seven SEC. Well, yeah, what's just what's going on there? Yeah, man, it's 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 just turnovers. They just uh they are struggling so much with just you know well, the last two games have been kind of a, a defensive issue, but uh mostly overall, I mean, just this team just turns the ball over so much and just isn't as I don't know productive on offense as they need to be. I guess you know they have the talent. You know, DJ Stewart, Iverson, Molinar are both you know all SEC talents, but it's just they're, – they're very inconsistent and it's just turn, turn the ball over over and over and over again. I think uh, I think like in the last six, six or seven games, they turned the ball over 15-plus times. You know, one of those was like 26 times against Arkansas. And it's just – you know, you're not going to win many SEC games when you turn the ball over 20-plus times um, whenever your offense is run through two people already. Uh and so that's really been the issue. And then, of course, this past week was just really rough for them. They played LSU. LSU scores 94 points, most points they've given up all year, just, you know, kind of lit state up. And then then they lost to Vanderbilt, which was just a terrible loss by 20, 21 points, like 72-51 or 71-52, just, just a terrible loss. Um, and it was just – Vanderbilt was just one of those teams, like we had mentioned on a podcast before this, Parrish, uh, where – they come into one of these, you know, Mississippi, you know, gyms and just shoot lights out. You know, one of those teams that comes out and sets its uh, season high in three-pointers. You know, I think they made like 13 or, or 14, 15, something like that, three-pointers. And were just shot like for most of the game until the end where they just started throwing up prayers with the backups. Um, I think they were shooting over like 60, 65% from three-point range. It was just Mississippi State had no answer. It was just uh, – but, you know, you, you see some little defensive troubles the last few games. But uh, overall, I mean, it's, it's the offense for this team. Turnovers, turnovers, and just uh, not enough players being used in uh, scoring ways. You know, you have a lot of guys out there that are who are averaging 30 minutes or 25 minutes a game scoring four points. And it's just, you know, when the offense runs through two guys and three guys are just out there uh, to stand there, you know, it, it's kind of a uh, – kind of know what you're going to do. 
Well, we, we know that Vanderbilt has one of the top scorers in the league in, in Scotty Pippen Jr. Uh, but look, they, they hadn't put it together. They, they'd been close in some games, but they certainly uh, had not uh, dominated an opponent like that. I, I watched a lot of that game. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm looking at Ole Miss right now, uh, Dalton, and I, I see uh, I see a team that, that I really gave no chance uh, to be part of the NCAA tournament conversation. At, they had those two games now at Arkansas and at Georgia. If, if they were going to gain some momentum, I would have thought it was going to be coming off of the wins at state and at home against Texas A&M, maybe get some things going. Then they reverted. I thought, well, this is, this is who they are. If they're going to revert after those two games, uh, this is who they are. But uh, they had their uh, individual meetings and, uh, you know, that they did the, the, the things that teams do after bad losses and they came together and they talked it out and the practices were more mental than physical. There was not a lot of uh, punishment practice and running and things of that nature. They, they really, uh, you know, have played with more confidence since then, starting with a 52 to 50 uh, upset of uh, then number 11, Tennessee. Uh, they've since uh, knocked off number 10, Auburn, excuse me, number 10, Missouri, they have won uh, at Auburn in overtime and uh, then at South Carolina uh, on uh, last Saturday. And I'll tell you, Dalton, I, I wrote uh, in the journal uh, a few weeks ago, look, look, this team needs more from Devontae Shuler. Okay. Needed more consistency from Shuler. Shuler, uh, most of his career has been able to be the, the complimentary piece the the uh, the running buddy you know the you know not not riding shotgun so to speak you know kind of you had Bree and Tyree over here and and then the what you got from uh, Schuler would be a would be a bonus but that's not his role on this team and uh, for a lot of this season he looked like the complimentary piece well as they've won four straight he's mostly uh, looked like the leader looked like the clutch player hits the game winner uh, at Auburn uh, had 29 against uh, Missouri, then a career-high 31 at South Carolina, just hitting big shots, uh, getting to the rim and finishing. But more, more to the point, hitting from outside more, which is where this team has been so weak. Now, in the, in the Tennessee win, he hit a big shot late, but he was just one for six uh, from three-point range. It's really been uh, the last three games that, that he seems to be just willing this team uh, to a win. And they need that kind of clutch play. Uh, from Devontae Shuler uh, down the stretch. If they're going to really play their way into the NCAA tournament and they are uh, at a 55 in the net ranking right now, that's very competitive. Uh, two quadrant one wins. They've had four. Those quadrant one wins, you know, they they shuffle and, and other teams fall in and out of that top 50 or top 75. And, uh, you know, so those things shuffle. I think Ole Miss has two right now, but solid wins uh, over Tennessee and Missouri, uh, they certainly uh, have the opportunity. And uh, LSU would be another quadrant one win. Uh, I liked the way the week was setting up for Ole Miss without having the game added. I thought after they won kind of an ugly game against South Carolina, uh, where they shot uh, okay, Schuler played really well. Um, you know, everybody else was kind of hit and miss in that game, but they you know, South Carolina can make you look ugly. Now, they obviously uh, won uh, by a big margin against State, but uh, you know, 
know, they play that aggressive trapping defense. They force turnovers. That's what they do. And they they forced several in a row uh, late in the game. Ole Miss had been up by like 14. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, South Carolina keeps coming back, coming back. Uh, Ole Miss was able to hit free throws at the end and, and still win by seven. But uh, it was uh, a closer finish uh, than the Rebels would have thought. But again, road wins uh, in the SEC are not easy. Uh, the Rebels have now won four straight in the conference. I thought it was going to benefit them to come home, uh, work on some things for a week, not have that midweek game, and uh, and focus on State coming in on Saturday. Um, that changed. Uh, the LSU game was added. <coughs> excuse me, was added for Wednesday. Now has been moved to Thursday. Uh, the upside is that's a, a great opportunity for a quadrant one win. Uh, the downside is that's a very uh, athletic team, a high scoring team, as you pointed out. And it's a, uh, it's a team that really just handled Ole Miss fairly easily uh, in Oxford January the 9th. So anyway, we'll see what the Rebels can get done against uh, uh, LSU. That's uh, Thursday at four at the Pavilion. That game will be on the uh, SEC Network. We're going to uh, welcome in Kendall Rogers of uh, D1Baseball.com. He's connecting uh, to the audio here on Zoom, and uh, we're excited that, that uh, Kendall has power and uh, and is uh, and is safe there in College Station. And hey, what's up, man? Kendall, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm all right. Just um, hoping we're playing some ball this weekend. I think we'll play this weekend. I just think it's going to end up being Saturday, Sunday, Monday, personally. Well, I, you know, that was what Mike Bianco said uh, on uh, Monday when we talked to him. It sounds like uh, that the, the Rangers officials are, are really uh, are, are trying to be as flexible as they can and, and working with these yeah. teams. And really, you know, the, the big issue being travel, obviously a, a great uh, – venue there at uh, Globe Life Field, retractable roof. It's the, the, the challenge is just getting there uh, to play the game. So let's, yeah, let's no doubt. Assume, assume that teams can get there. Uh, what what do you think of this field on opening weekend? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I think when you look at this field overall, I mean, it's, it's as good as it gets. You know, it's kind of crazy when you look back at, you know, last season, the fact that we didn't have a season to get to start this season is, you know, six teams, all these teams in our top 10. So to start the season in this fashion, uh, to me, is incredible. Uh, you know, if you're a coach, if you're Mike Bianco, Tim Tadlock, et cetera, it's kind of one of those things like, hey, we're going to not have a season. And then in a COVID year, my first uh, series or my first weekend is, you know, I have to go to Globe Live and play all these teams, you know, all these top 10 teams. Like, you know, it's going to be tough for them because you don't really know what to expect, right? You know, I was talking to you, uh, whether it's, you know, coaches in this field or other coaches. I've talked to so many coaches who are like, hey, you know, actually, like this star pitcher that we have, you know, hasn't been great to start. And some of the guys we didn't expect to be very good have been really good. So I don't think coaches really know what to expect overall. And so uh, I think there's that aspect that makes this field intriguing. And I think just having this 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 brand name and this this uh, this you know this brand power in one spot this weekend is gonna be pretty neat. Kendall uh, uh, Dalton and I have looked at uh, at our teams, uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, uh, mm -hmm. uh, with with a lot of really good pitching, and we think a lot of good depth. Uh, the, the SEC coaches came out with their projections, their preseason teams, uh, not an Ole Miss or a MSU pitcher to be found, 
Uh, what do you think of pitching uh, in Oxford and Starkville and, and in the league overall? Well, in the league overall, it's incredible. I think it's incredible these two places as well. I think we, you know, kind of starting with Ole Miss, you know, when you look at the front of the rotation with Gunnar Hoagland, Doug Casey's, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite pitchers in college baseball, when you just look at his demeanor on the mound, his hard-nosed nature, uh, you know, then you look at the Derek Diamond. I mean, that's a really – Really good one, two, three punch. And then they certainly, you know, almost certainly has plenty of weapons at the back end. I think if we look at Mississippi State, uh, similarly, uh, I mean, this is, a, this is a rotation I expect to have a big year. You know, Christian McLeod was off to a terrific start last year. You know, Will Bednar was off to a terrific start. Both those guys had premium stuff. And then you kind of had that, you know, X factor guy for me, kind of that pick to click potential guy and Eric Sarantola, who, you know, might have some of the best stuff in college baseball, but, you know, he's been up to 97, 98. And, you know, just in the in the past, just hasn't shown he can put it all together. I think he's finally ready to put it all together after the fall. And so you're talking about two clubs in the Magnolia State that I feel like are going to have, you know, national championship caliber week in rotations. And that's a good, good place to start when you're talking about pitching. Yeah. And Kendall, you mentioned a minute ago, you said coaches really want to know what to expect uh, this opening weekend, especially with the, with this winter storm. It's kind of a. You know, yeah. funny, everyone's looking forward to this big weekend and then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's everyone's snowed in for five or six days. Do you think these teams, uh, you know, not being able to practice right now may, may not look ready this weekend? That's a concern. I mean, the other thing to me is like, you know, we, we already had uh, – the thing I'm worried about is pitching. Uh, when you look at, across the country, there's already been some notable injuries. And when you look, you know, uh, you know, at the fact that kids are going from March to – you know, the end of the fall or the beginning of the fall without any kind of training. And it, people would say, OK, well, they're still going to facilities and things like that. But I mean, it's different, you know, being in a facility in your hometown and being on campus at Ole Miss and Mississippi State and those kind of baseball facilities. It's, it's a different game. And so when you factor in that with this and this isn't including kids who are potentially coming off COVID protocol. I, mean, I don't know, but I mean, imagine if some pitcher was out for two weeks for COVID protocols and then he came back last week and then, oh, by the way, you know, you're going to be off three or four days because we can't practice because of, of snow and ice. And so it, it's, it could cause some issues. And I think it definitely will make teams look very rusty this weekend. It could be one of those things where we have six top 10 teams and it could look like we're, we're dealing with two, you know, six like bottom tier teams because everybody's so rusty. Right. And, and for you with, with the COVID, everything with, with COVID and everything and the, the rosters being so big this year, you as a baseball guy, how excited are you for this this season? I guess really yeah. could be, you know, one of the best college baseball seasons of all time, you know, looking into it. No, it really will be. You know, I, I look back at last year and like how frustrating and annoying it was. Of course, there were a lot bigger issues and, and you know, going on around the country than college baseball being canceled. But, you know, when it first happened, uh, it was very frustrating and kind of made me mad and. Uh, you know, I think when you look at this season, the fact that we had a disappointing finish last year and then we go into this season with, you know, all the seniors back for the most part, uh, all the incoming freshmen on campus except for the top five rounders, all those in one spot. I mean, you're talking about a season that I feel like could be the most talented group of college baseball players ever uh, and what I would kind of consider be like a golden season. Like it's just uh, – it could be the best season ever of the sport and it just uh, so happens it happens right after we get the season canceled. When you talk about maybe the best season for the sport, Kendall, uh, college baseball is something that the Mississippi teams have done really well for, for a number of years. Yeah. And uh, when I consider uh, our state, I, I look at the, at the facilities, I look at the stadiums in Starkville and uh, Oxford, and I know that this is a very subjective question. It's all opinion and whatnot. 
But uh, you know, I, I just think it would be hard. You'd be hard pressed to find two better uh, stadiums and atmospheres uh, elsewhere in the country. But just you know, what what do you see when you travel? I mean, uh, what, you know, what would you say to that statement? And and do you see college baseball uh, growing really uh, elsewhere in the country, outside the South, outside the West? No, I do. I think when you look around the country, uh, you know, it used to be where, you know, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas, Texas A&M and schools like that were, you know, LSU uh, were the only school putting serious money in facilities. Now, when you look across the country, you know, Coastal Carolina has a, you know, $55 million facility, you know, Florida. I know, I know people like laugh and I can like put Florida in the same like breath as like Coastal from a budget standpoint, but like Florida is a program that really for the longest time didn't care that much about baseball. And so to see even Florida put $65 million into a ballpark kind of gives you an idea uh, of where this sport has come from. Uh, I think a lot has to do with, with the atmosphere that's been built. You know, when you look at when people watch college baseball on television, they see, uh, you know, the, the beer showers, they see the left field lounge, they see things like that. And I think it gets people kind of interested in it. And I think, you know, schools across the country, I think they look at those two places, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and they go, hey, you know what? Like, I kind of want to emulate something like that with our ballpark. So I think when, when all these schools build these parks, you know, when they talk about, hey, we're going to build, you know, outfield barbecue pits and things like that, they're thinking about these two schools. And so uh, I, I actually feel like Ole Miss and Mississippi State have a pretty profound effect on on renovations elsewhere. And, and, and I would actually give some love to Southern Miss as well. I think Southern Miss, you know, as amazing as the atmospheres at, at, at State and Ole Miss are, uh, the times I've been to Southern Miss for like a big series, I mean, it's as good as any place in that uh, in the SEC outside of uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So that, that state's just incredible for college baseball in general. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Southern because uh, I, I did not want to leave them out of this conversation because sure. when you talk about college baseball in Mississippi, they're obviously a, a big part. What do you know about Scott Berry's team this year? I, I, I mean, I, I could see all three of these teams being in Omaha. Um, I think Ole Miss and Mississippi State are certainly safe bets right now. I think when you look at Southern Miss, they're, they're kind of an Omaha sleeper. You know, they're a team that I hated to leave out of our top 25. But tell you what, I really, really like this team on paper. You look at their, their weekend rotation, you know, Hunter Stanley, uh, Gabe Shepard's back, the big power arm righty on Saturdays. Uh, then you look on Sunday uh, with Walker Power. I mean, you're talking about a guy who has started Friday nights before, and he's their Sunday guy. That gives you an idea of the quality of depth they have on the mound. Uh, and then keeping on Slade Wilkes, the, the talented slugger for those guys. You know, everybody wanted him. Stayed Ole Miss were on him. Uh, he decided to go to Southern Miss, and he had a terrific fall. I think he's going to make a very big impact for those guys in year one. Uh, it would not shock me that the year Southern Miss uh, is in that uh, in that super regional discussion. It's just one of those teams I definitely would not want in my regional if I'm if I'm Ole Miss or Mississippi State. I know you've done a lot of reporting on the one-time transfer legislation. I know that yeah. was uh, not voted on in uh, January. Uh, what are you hearing along those lines? I mean, everything uh, I hear, the coaches are still very confident that uh, that, that will eventually pass. Yeah, it's going to pass. It's just, a, you know, I think the NCAA has just got a lot on their play right now. And they're, I think they're uh, what it looks like kind of reading the tea leaves and between the lines a little bit. It looks like they're doing a lot of kind of reconnaissance with their – um, but it, it's going to pass. And it, it's going to be – 
Um, you know, when you look at college baseball, a lot of coaches think back to the early 2000s when, um, you know, when we had the wild, wild west. I don't, I don't know if it's going to get to that point. I would say this, and it kind of goes back to the facilities discussion. I would say this about college baseball. These coaches, especially the mid-majors, that are worried about, you know, if, if I'm any good at South Alabama, like he's just going to go off and go to Mississippi State or Ole Miss and go to the SEC. I don't feel like college baseball is in that kind of place anymore. I feel like college baseball, there's so many good programs that like if you're at South Alabama, like the step down from being like at State or being at South Al, as crazy as it sounds, these days isn't like astronomical because South Alabama has a great facility. They, you know, they put a lot of money into baseball. The Sun Belt's a really good league. So I just don't think you're going to see this just mass transit of players leaving the mid-majors to go to these bigger schools like it used to be. And with that, you know, the roster numbers change every year, like and stuff like that. Um, and, and kind of big picture, with especially with COVID, how do you kind of see the roster shaking out over the next few years? Because obviously there's way too many players that are going to be, you know, this isn't going to be the new normal, I don't feel like. Yeah, I mean, the roster over the next few years is going to be really interesting because, you know, next year they're going to, you know, they're going to once again increase the counters, the number of players you can have on scholarship from 27 to 32. Uh, you know, I think when you look at the roster moving forward, the 25% rules is is off the board right now. What that means is you have to give everyone 25% of a scholarship. Well, moving forward, NCA after 2022, supposedly for now, is going to go back to the old rules. But I've been told that not only do the coaches kind of expect the counters to get increased to 32 permanently, I have a feeling they get rid of the 25% rule. And I've been a fan of that since day one. I've never liked that rule. I get it. The mid-majors claim that it creates more parity. But here's my feeling on that, guys. If if you're Mississippi State or you're Ole Miss and you have, you know, Jake Mangum uh, out of the Jackson area who desperately just wants to go to Mississippi State, like that's all he's wanted to do his whole life. If he's willing to take 5%, then why can't Chris Lamonis give him 5% and give a kid who may need that money a little bit more, more money? So I've never really liked the 25%. If Mississippi State and Ole Miss can get a kid 5%, why not, right? You know, in a, in a partial scholarship sport. So I would love to see that not come back. Kendall, uh, thanks for being with us. I'm going to wrap us up here in just a second. Before we go, tell uh, people where they can find you, how they can read you, and how they can subscribe to D1Baseball.com. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us uh, at D1Baseball on Twitter. Uh, you can use a promo code on our site, promo2021, to get 20% off an annual sub. And uh, look for it. I have a feeling we will be covering a lot of Mississippi State and Ole Miss baseball this year. As if as if they need any more coverage. You guys uh, you guys kill it on the coverage uh, scale. But if you want a little bit more of a national picture, we'll have that. But your local guys will have you covered, too. Well, we know it's a big series when Kendall comes around. So, uh, <laughs> folks, about wrap, that. It up, uh, wrap us up for this edition of Justify your existence we thank kendall rogers for being with us and oxford park commission for coming along for the ride look for dalton middleton and myself at djournal.com thanks for being with us come back and join us tomorrow